0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Lance Lambert about how COVID affected MBA education and what leadership roles look for when hiring an MBA graduate. Lance Lambert, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for a conversation today where we're going to be focusing on all things COVID uh, and the impacts that the pandemic has had on the nature of work uh, and what we see in terms of future trends in the workplace. And specifically, we're going to zoom in on MBA education and what leadership roles look for when hiring an MBA graduate within this post-COVID context that we're starting to move into. As we get started, I wanted to share Lance's bio with everybody. Lance Lambert is the editorial director of Fortune Education, a platform that is designed to help business professionals prepare for the new world of work. He also writes Fortune Analytics, a premium subscriber-only data newsletter he built and launched in 2020. Since joining Fortune in 2019, Lance has covered everything from COVID-19 recession, housing to the work from home transformation. A graduate of the University of Cincinnati with a BA in economics and journalism, Lance was previously a data journalist at realtor.com and at Bloomberg, managing that media outlets best business school rankings. And also did a stint as a database reporter for the Chronicle of Higher Education in Washington, D.C. Uh, Tremendous background. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners about your personal background before we dive on in?
1: Uh, No, the only thing I would add is that really over the past year, a lot of my focus has been on polling and trying to figure out where the business world is headed going forward. So each week I poll CEOs, uh, maybe it's uh, CFOs, or maybe it's workers or consumers, and really trying to get a quick pulse on where things are headed, because everything has just changed so fast over the past year.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'm, I'm excited to tap into, uh, that research that you've been doing, uh, and, in, in keeping the pulse of industry and understanding where, where we're at, where we're going. Uh, I've been on the academic side, I've been involved in quite a bit of research in the space over the course of the last year. Um, but you definitely have a, a you know, finger on the pulse, like minute to minute, it's, it feels, um, whereas in academia, you know, we're a little bit slower in terms of, uh, Keep it keeping uh, on top of everything moving so rapidly. Uh, so, Lance, as we really dive on in to this conversation, I thought we could start with talking about a little bit more generally uh, how COVID has impacted MBA education. You've done a lot of work in this space um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, your work with various uh, outlets uh, and in reporting on business school rankings and such. What have you seen in terms of the impact on really education generally, but MBA education more specifically? Uh, and then we can dive into a little bit more about the pros and cons of the different modalities that, of delivery in education currently, you know, the, the face-to-face, the hybrid, the online uh, and such.
1: Yeah, so as soon as this pandemic hit and we were forced into this digital world, a lot of people had been clamoring that you know higher ed was headed for a reckoning. Uh, they had been pointing to the fact that the cost of higher ed has soared exponentially over the past several decades. Really, the only thing that's on par with it is healthcare. But with healthcare, the quality has increased—the uh, medicine, pharmaceuticals, uh, uh, life expectancies. Whereas education, the product itself hasn't changed as much. And and so they thought this was gonna be a reckoning, that students would refuse to enroll into classes that were hybrid or remote. And and so far that has not been the case. Uh, Colleges and universities, which weren't where they should have been in terms of uh, adapting to digital before the pandemic, have really had to speed up. uh, and, And so this has kind of pushed them forward. Uh, in a way, uh, you know, it's, it's probably a good thing where things have headed with uh, digital. And you could probably speak to this better than I can, being that you're a professor and you kind of live this every day. Uh, but the students, uh, the, the schools have adapted, and it looks like it's only going to take off from here. The, the classroom going from physical to virtual, that's not going to stick, and there will be somewhat of a, a pullback. But the the hybrid part of this, at least, and more the online offerings are going to be here to stay. And it's the same thing throughout higher ed for business education. The online space is really going to take off here. Uh, But what's important is to make sure that the students coming out of those programs still have the skills that employers need. And headed into this pandemic, it really was the same story from recruiters. They needed people with problem-solving skills, They needed people with communication skills who could work collaboratively, uh, leadership, entrepreneurial skills. But now coming out of this, they need all of that. Plus, there's this X factor that they weren't thinking about as much before, which is, can you adapt to digital transformation, right? Because it's not going to stop. The digital world is here to stay. It's only going to eat up more segments of the economy and then eat up the same segments that are already ate up, right? Uh, So people in this workforce uh, need to have that adaptability to kind of see the horizon, see the trends and adapt to it. And and so from the business standpoint, that's what they need. And what we're going to be seeing is more of a a blurring between who would go to an online program and who would go to an in-person program. Uh, Usually, traditionally, the in-person traditional MBA programs, Harvard Business School, Stanford, Wharton, those are students who are changing careers a lot of times. Or they're earlier on in their career, and it's kind of a a requirement in that industry. Think like banking, right? And so they go to two years. They take off from the workforce. uh, They build up that network that can last them a lifetime, right? We're not seeing as much of that. Well, So on the online side, it was more of, okay. you're somebody who's already successful in your career, you didn't get that MBA earlier on, or maybe you, ne- you didn't do an undergrad in business, right? And you need that core uh, skills and knowledge as you continue in your current path. And so those were the people who were more attracted to the online. What we're gonna see is more of a blurring there uh, because the younger generation is just more adaptable to online, to hybrid. And so there's gonna be more of the blurring. And Fortune Education uh, is, is, we build it because we know that employers need people who are continuing to change their skills and adapting, and they're gonna need more of that lifelong learning. So we built this hub for education news, uh ratings and uh reviews and we started off with the online mba program because we know that that program in particular is going to transform dramatically over the next five years and is going to become a a, a really a, a, a much greater force and there's going to be more schools getting into that i mean people were talking about you know five years ago even last year about the mba being dead That's not at all the case. The grads still earn 70% more than people with BAs. But what is true is that the in-person traditional program is threatened by the online and that more of the in-person schools that had had the in-person known for the traditional programs are are gonna get into the online game.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I see at my university as well. Now we're not like the tier of Harvard or, um, Berkeley or, or any of these schools, um, we're a regional teaching university focused on um, workforce development within the region, more specifically. And so we've traditionally focused more on those um, those face to face programs in our MBA you know, cohorts, and just trying to give the students, you know, the the shovel ready skills necessary to hit the ground running when they graduate, they go into the workforce. Um, or continue in the workforce, so that they can make a real contribution immediately within organizations. And we've, we've had good success with that. Um, Like you, you were mentioning many universities got caught flat footed uh, when the pandemic hit. I mean, literally, all the shutdowns started happening, like the day before we went to spring break, and then we didn't come back. Everything yeah. everything just shifted immediately within a week to 100% virtual. Now, in the business school, we were better situated to deal with that than many other areas of campus. Um, my department, for example, you know, we already had an online version for every single course in the department. Um, and so it was a matter of transitioning faculty who were teaching face-to-face to those online versions. And we were able to weather it pretty seamlessly. Um, but that wasn't the same story for everywhere else. Uh, across campus, and even for our MBA program, because our MBA program was a fully face-to-face program. Um, What we had to wrestle with was, as things moved online, to to meet the the business demand for this types of skills that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Asynchronous online learning often can't fully do that. Um, And so what we ended up doing is having uh, a lot of... um, Will a mix we had a lot of asynchronous online courses, but we had a lot of synchronous online courses using we use Microsoft teams Uh, so using teams, you know everyone would would jump on and you'd have a class as if you were face to face at a set day and time, um, but you'd have all of your interactions virtually and the faculty started to figure that out pretty quickly. it was certainly, a learning curve and some discomfort early on, but you know, as we moved into summer and then to fall and then to spring, twenty twenty one, you know, by now, by this past semester, you know, we were we were experts, you know, on on how to do the the live streaming, uh, live uh, synchronous um, online courses. So, as we were talking, you and I were talking in the pre interview as we were just discussing a little bit that you know, we we went immediately all online that week over spring break. Then slowly we started to pull back a little bit. And and as of this past semester, we had about a third face-to-face, about a third that were synchronous online and about a third that were asynchronous online. And as we move into the summer and then into fall 2021, that pendulum will continue to swing back a little bit. But the appetite that our, what we've seen our students have the appetite for these online more flexible options And so I don't think we'll we'll ever go back to the 80% face-to-face, 20% online mix that we had before. It'll be a much heavier online mix. And our MBA program has completely transformed over the course of the past year, uh, in part because of this this accelerant, uh, the digital transformation process that's had to happen just in order to to, uh, stay relevant uh, during this pandemic year. Uh, So it's super interesting to think about how to move forward and to your point, Uh, in the higher education space we're trying to grapple with, how do you help students be career ready with the right types of skills um, when you're in an online environment? Because there's so much value that you get from being in person, the networking, the interpersonal connections and and communication and the, the problem solving, all those sorts of things. How do you build that into an online course into an online program. And that's, I think that's what higher education is grappling with uh, as we continue on. Um, so anyways, I appreciate your insights. Um, and that's just a little bit about my experience here at my my specific university. Um, now, Zoom, going back to the MBA programs, uh, and you talked a little bit about your education hub, I'm wondering if, if there's more you can speak to with regard to that, what you're seeing um, universities across the country doing in terms of the transformation of their programs? Um, you know obviously there's been movement towards online, but what else have you seen and how is that influencing rankings and student preferences and where they're choosing to go? I'm excited to announce will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
1: Yeah, so one thing that we know already about this online uh, education world is that scale matters. Uh, And unlike uh, physical programs, they're not geographically bound. So the number of students that a great program could get is very high. Uh, And so what we're seeing is that the best programs are getting more students. And so we actually decided to kind of do something a little different from the other rankings, which is kind of factor that in, which is if UNC's online MBA program has a thousand students, Getting up to a thousand students not only means their technology and offerings has gotten better than, say, a program with 30 or 50, but it also means that every student going there, that is a vote for that program. So we kind of uh, took an interesting uh, decision and decided to factor in um, the size of schools, which we, we got uh, dinged for from some people. They didn't like that. Uh, But they also maybe they're kind of stuck in the past, and they don't understand scale in the digital world, and that size does matter. Uh, So that's one thing that we kind of took an interesting decision with. Uh, But going back to what you were saying, I think that really is the tension there, which is, we do know that a lot of students don't want to go 100% physical anymore, right? Even if it's not every class being in person and some they can just stay from home, wake up, flip open their computer, watch the course. Uh, But then there's the other tension, which is, are they getting the skills that they need? Can they grow their leadership, their network, their communication skills, uh, that collaboration? And so that those are going to be the two tensions. And I think that's also why hybrid is going to win. Right. It's going to be a little bit of both. Uh, for education going forward. And it's not just education. Education and work are really just parallel. You really could just take out the word education and just say work. When we're doing these polls, about 60% of students and 60% of workers want to be hybrid. And some people are more on the, I want to be in there every day, and then some fully remote. But really, the hybrid is the biggest chunk. And we just did a a survey with CEOs that we published today 52% said they expect to go to a workforce that's two to three days a week in person for quote unquote knowledge workers. Uh, So I I think hybrid's gonna be the real winner here. Uh, But I I think the other trend is that for the people who did not wanna be in person working or did not wanna be in a classroom every day, maybe they're non-traditional, maybe they have families, those people will have an option to not be in person or hybrid, I, so I, I see those as the two big trends coming out of this for work and education, which is the, the dominance of hybrid going forward, and then the option for remote.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I see too. Um, so many people are really recognizing the value of hybrid, um, and I think within the educational space, for example, for whatever reason, I I don't think I'm a particularly innovative or creative person, but. Um, I, I taught the very first ever hybrid course at my university, uh, in the business school back in 2010. Um, so in a hybrid course, you're partly online, you come to class one day a week. So it's half and half. Um, and, and my students loved it and I loved it. It it provided a lot of flexibility in how I delivered the content and the types of, uh, in-person activities we could do in collaborations and projects and such. And it, it really was amazing. And uh, programs, hybrid programs where some courses are online, some courses are face-to-face or, you know, even within a course being hybrid. I think there's so many possibilities there. Um, and, and the research on this is actually quite compelling too, uh, mm. th- that in the education space, uh, the research has shown in terms of efficacy of, of courses in the, the outcomes for students in terms of learning, in terms of skill development and professional development and competencies and such, that face-to-face loses, it's the worst. The, the next uh, is, is online. Uh, now, again, this is, this is aggregate, right? In general, when you look across all courses, there's clearly some, some professors that are so amazing that in a face-to-face course, their students win. But when you look at all courses and you look at all professors in a face-to-face environment, That modality loses in terms of outcomes for students. Online is better quite a a bit. Um, And then hybrid is the best of all because it marries uh, the the benefits of both the face-to-face and the online. And I see that being the exact same thing that's going to be playing out in the workplace, that that the the hybrid environment, if we can really fine-tune our approach within our organization on how we're going to... um, run these hybrid teams and distributed workforce and some people being in the office some people being uh, virtual uh, that's those are some new skills that I think a lot of managers and leaders are going to have to develop but if we can get it right if we can find the right balance we can figure out how we're going to lead those teams uh, then I think the the pros will outweigh the cons and ultimately will will benefit from the from the the positive outcomes from both the virtual and the yeah. face-to-face.
1: But really everything we're talking about here is the medium, right? It's like the newspapers, the website, radio, like it's the medium, but the content isn't hasn't changed that much. What these employers need is still the same. What the students need to learn is still the same. Uh, now, the one exception kind of being more of that preparation and knowledge for how to handle tech disruption in particular, but other than that, we're, we're talking about the mediums of the distribution, uh, but business education is here to stay. Uh, I, I, I don't even understand why the, the narrative of the MBAs dying has taken off as much as it has. It, it, it's clearly not in the data, um, with the exception of a few programs being faced out at schools, uh and and so maybe some of the growth on the education side of schools getting into that game that might be over but business education is not going away it's only going to get bigger and more of these hybrid uh more programs are going to kind of become blended
0: yeah and, and maybe you can speak to this so what we've been seeing at my university in our mba program is well we've been talking about this for a while and making you know, working towards adjustments for a while now, but the pandemic just accelerated things and we just realized, yeah, we, not, we have to disrupt the way we were doing it and, and change things quite a bit. And so we're, we're moving into a lot more of graduate certificates that are stackable towards earning an MBA, uh, a lot more flexibility. Um, so we, we'd always run a cohort model where, you know, you you come in with your cohort and you follow the same students throughout every course. And you have these teams that you follow throughout the cohort and, and you're together the whole, the whole time. And, and so what we've been moving towards is more flexibility, more continuous enrollment, so people can come in at any time during the year. Um, they're not locked into a particular cohort, but we do try to match them up with, you know, teams and, and individuals so they can build their network. Uh, and And then these stackable certificates so that they can Specialize in specific skill areas while you know earning their MBA. Um, that's been our approach. Uh, how does that map with what you're seeing?
1: It's genius, and the reason it's genius is because a lot of people forget about this. But the cost of business education and graduate business education isn't necessarily the tuition cost. It's the opportunity cost. If you're walking away to do a two-year Uh, a full-time MBA program, you're giving up a lot of foregone earnings. A lot of these people are already making pretty decent money, some of them making really good money. It's not like when you're an undergrad and maybe you're walking away from doing $12 an hour uh, retail or a lifeguarding job, right? The opportunity cost is huge. And so creating programs that are flexible and can be done over time is genius, but also because it's more likely that the employer will absorb it. So not only can you help the student get out of the foregone wages, you can help them to get the employer to absorb the 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 uh, the, uh, the price tag. Uh, so I, I think I think that's really smart, and I think that's where we're headed, because it's not like this. You need the second time in your life where you go back to school. And and that's it. Right. You did the undergrad. Now you do the graduate. and You're done. It's really lifelong learning. And so creating the stackable form of education, I think that's really smart. And and we're going to see more of that players like LinkedIn. uh, There's going to be more to come there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, and I appreciate that. That's validating. Um, to our approach and what we've been trying to, to accomplish at my university. And, and I, we're not alone. I know there's lots of universities trying to do similar things. So uh, it's, it's a work in progress, I think, for everybody. Now, uh, as we get close to wrapping up here, um, I thought you've already referred to some of the specific types of skills um, that employers are looking for with their graduate, you know, new graduates that they're hiring. Um, what specific types of leadership roles? are they looking for for the, you know, from the new MBA graduate? Uh,
1: that, that's a, a little more outside of my realm of expertise. Uh, I haven't been tracking that as closely during the pandemic in terms of how that shifted. But I can tell you this, which is that even going into this pandemic, employers were wanting more of their MBA grads to have more of that entrepreneurial mindset and starting to kind of measure for passion. Workplaces are made up And a people that are A, B, and C. They come in, they do A, they do B, they do C, they do them how you ask, and they do it on time. Companies have to have that. But for companies to be successful, they're going to need some people outside of that that, that model, which is maybe they're A, B, but there's a big alphabet, right? And they find those other things. They find those opportunities. And those are the types of people that you have to have to grow and really to be able to manage things like tech disruption, and that's why employers, even before the pandemic and now after, are seeking more of that from their uh, MBA uh, hires.
0: Yeah, I love that, thank you. Uh, Lance, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. The time has flown by. I wanna be respectful of your time, but before we close, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find more about uh, the work that you're doing at Fortune Education, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah, so you can find Fortune Education at fortune.com/education. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @news_lambert. And and really, the thing I would like to leave with is that the business education isn't going anywhere. It's only going to grow. And you, as a student, need to adapt and to to learn and to be able to figure out what this new landscape is going to be.
0: Amen to that. Thank you, Lance. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about Lance and his work, find out more about Fortune Education. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.